It's Thursday, March 28th, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 255, Kunai with Chain. Runtime for this episode is 52 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that wants to be about Castlevania. My name is Jeremy. I am Hirokage. I'm Tyler. I'm Therakage. My name is Zach. We played Shadow of the Ninja this week, which is certainly a game where you play a ninja on the NES. It's Ninja Gaiden. Light. It's Ninja Side Story Side Story, (laughs) right? Ninja Gaiden Gaiden. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden Gaiden. Yeah. Is that what Gaiden means? Yeah, side like story. side story? I well, didn't I know think... it meant side story. I thought it meant something else. Or like side chapter. I don't think that's a direct translation, but it's usually but like the a closest s- thing. Like a sub chapter, like an ancillary yeah. novel, that sort of thing would be a Gaiden. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is now for the main character of that, but it was his uh, debut, so. And, and Hacker's Memory is called Digimon Cyber Sleuth Gaiden in Japan, for example. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, just Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden, however. Like, it's guide. Ryu is now Knowing more rudimentary Japanese. Ryu Hayabusa is now more attached to the Dead or Alive franchise than he is Ninja Gaiden. That's really funny. So it is actually Ninja Gaiden now. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Mostly because Ninja Gaiden doesn't get a lot of releases. Yeah, I, I was going to say the last one was like the 360 a one decade ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. When was the 360 popular? I feel like I don't understand time for a very long time. Is Nin- the thing? Yeah, it like, was popular like 2007 to 2017. Okay, so like the PS2, it conquered that generation. It was it was king it of was that generation, despite the console. Red Ring, and the, also that generation was long. Yeah, so I think the only reason the Red Ring became a problem is because people used them for so long and they started failing. Like, no, it, no, the Red Ring was a problem early on. Was well. it? Yeah. yeah, it was actually a legitimate bug in the in the system. And of course, that generation was basically Microsoft and Sony duking it out, and Nintendo just being like, "Yep, I'm going to be over here doing my own thing and not releasing any decent games." Uh, Halo Three was what 2008, 2009. Yeah, 2009. Because I, I remember Microsoft had a statement about how much money Xbox would have made if not for the Red Ring problem, and how much they had to compensate like, for it. Yeah, like all of the profits on Halo Three went to I got Red Ring. I got to say though, they did they did the right thing on the Red Ring. They tr- they fixed them all. Like I had a. One of mine, I got the red ring problem, but another bug occurred at the same time, which prevented the red ring from appearing. I sent the console in, paid to get it fixed. Was it like a firmware problem? I thought it was like a hardware problem. Um, like I said, I think I had two bugs that prevented the red ring from showing. So I didn't know I had a red ring problem when I sent it in. They found it. They fixed it. They sent it back to me, and then they sent me a refund because it, it was still covered under the extended warranty for the red ring problem. I thought the red ring was like it was physically overheating or something. Am I wrong about that? It was something specific, and I also think it caused that. Okay. I was going to say, because I definitely had a 360 that at one point started overheating, and I got the Red Ring, but it was, like, well after that period. The Red Ring was, like, the uh, the software. That that was basically the check engine light. Like, that's what it was telling you there was a problem. <laughs> the check engine Actually, the 360, the original one, did have an engine, so that makes sense. Well, I mean, it's just the only way to let the operator know, hey, there is an issue with this. Man, that one was around long enough that I can't help but remember the blades that used to come out whenever you hit the uh, the guide button. Like, it didn't have that cool, like, 
thing that popped up in the middle for the navigation. It, they, the blades came out from the side of the screen. I actually liked the blade navigation. I think I might have been one of the only people who thought oh, that I, was a cool UI. I thought it was kind of neat, too. It was around so long, I get really upset when people say, the PS5 is about to come out. I'm like, I just got a PS4. I guess that was a couple years ago, but still. Okay, so the Red Ring of Death, according to the Wikipedia page, Xbox 360 technical problems was three red lights on the Xbox 360's ring indicator represent a general error requiring service of the console or power adapter, which means literally anything. Literally anything could be that problem. So, there you go. So what problems have you been having as you play video games, Zach? Very little, aside from a minor technical problem my PlayStation 4 when power got cut to it. Oh, um, yeah, I had that too, because we had a snowpocalypse. Yep. It- and it cut the power to the PS4, and the PS4 freaks the f- out if it loses power yeah if it loses power and it's in rest mode or operating it it's like dude not do like... not unplug me you fiend turn me off properly <laughs> yeah, and it has to like if you boot it up you, do, you get like a, just a blank screen and then it has to restart itself i'm now uh, imagining my playstation 4 as a sundari called princess playstation go on zach so i actually uh i played a lot of devil may cry 5 this week actually beat it it was one of those times where i got the game i was like bitching and then played it through till end that's a really good game and it looks freaking amazing i had high expectations for it ever since i watched the trailers so all the reviews i've seen have been exceedingly positive so it plays really really great i don't like playing as v so much but that's mostly because i'd rather get my hand stuck in and do it myself rather than make somebody else do it for me what's a v V is the probably Virgil, but I haven't that's played what the I game thought, yet. Yeah, V is the third character that they added in this game, and he fights by summoning monsters to fight the bad guys for him. Oh, that sounds awesome! I love playing summoners. He's got two summon panthers. He has a summon <laughs> panther. He summons a panther, a hawk, and then this big nightmare thing that drops out of the sky and murders everything for you. So quick non sequitur: summon panther definitely sounds like a Metal Gear enemy. Yes, definitely. Continue. <laughs> So, like, I don't like playing him so much, and I found that I think Nero's sections are probably the hardest, because he's got to get stuck in like Dante does. Wait, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about Devil May Cry, and you just transitioned to fate, and you lost No, I'm still talking about Devil May Cry. That was the joke. Also, his character in our current tabletop game is named Nero. Because of fate? Actually, no. Okay. I just thought it was a cool name. It is a good name. And you know what's even funnier? There's a character in Super Robot Wars T named Nero. I was going to say, speaking of Greek emperors, I've been trying to f- come up with names for this brewery, and I'm finding how many everything in English is actually just based off of Greek words because they're based off of the Latin words, and Latin was based off of Greek, um, and it's very annoying. I think his se- Nero sections are the hardest because he's got to get stuck in, and unlike Dante, he doesn't have Devil Trigger to recover his HP. So you have to be a lot more careful with how you play him. Or just better at it. I figured out why dodge isn't on a specific button. It's because when you switch to Dante, you use literally all of the buttons. And so they left dodge where it was for everybody in order to prevent you from getting to a point where, you know, you get switched to a different character and then dodge was somewhere else. Yeah, I was going to say that makes more sense to me. So like that made a lot of sense. And dodging seems like a very important function of that game. Dante and Nero play... Pretty similarly on the broad strokes, but then when you add in Nero's, um, his Devil Breaker, his arm, that adds a lot of, like, fun different things that you can do with him, because all of his different arms do different things, and, like, I thought that was a lot of fun. I never got real good with using them, and usually whenever I got the opportunity, I played as Dante, but that's because Dante has a lot more options, because, you know, he's got his sword, and he's got his, uh, brawler's things. Does he have his guitar? He does not have a guitar. Oh, well. Although there is a moment- Does he have his nunchucks? 
I got the nunchucks at the end, <laughs> but I didn't use them. Okay. I primarily stuck to the sword because most of the sword combos were the same as what I was using when I was on Nero. I was going to ask, this is a new Dante, right? No, no it's the this, same Dante. This is original continuity. Really? They changed the character design a lot, I feel. Dante's also older. Yeah, they skipped to the future. Not super far in the future. But oh, I just he's ass- got that like stubble that looks old. Whereas all the girls he hangs out with are immortal, so they look exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah, I, I actually made that same. Ex- the, I'm like, wow, Dante looks old when he first D- Dante's popped up. an old man and Lady is still 16-ish. I um, just assumed he was like a no, different this, Dante that was like just not no, as anime pretty boy. This one so. takes place after Devil May Cry 1 in terms of continuity. But before 2? I don't know when 2 takes place. Me I think neither. it also takes place after 2. I, I, given how it ends, I would wager probably. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, I'm not that good at the game. But I beat it because, you know, of course I did. I found out afterwards that the PS4 version is censored in a weird way. So take that for what you will. Play that sweet 360 ver- or 360. Play that first sweet Xbox One version. Or PC. It's the only one that had a demo, though. You can't play the demo on PC. So that, that game's a lot of fun. I, I would definitely recommend playing it. There is a section at the middle part of the game, I just about, where all the characters get back together. And there's a section of it. Or a segment of cutscene that just made me laugh out loud, and I don't want to spoil because uh, that's the that's the kind of thing you have to experience for yourself. Zach and I have been talking about this off the mics a lot, but Capcom's really on their game right now. If you exclude Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, and even then, that's like three out of four. Of their last big AAA titles came out, you know, really killing it because so- you had Resident Evil Seven, Resident Evil Two make. Devil May Cry 5, and really the only other one out of there that kind of flopped out of the gate was Marvel vs. Capcom Ultimate. I was actually going to say their new Mega Man, also very solid. And Mega Man 11, smaller release, but also very good. It might be my favorite non-X Mega Man game. I I hadn't heard about, like, whether or not it was any good or anything like that, and it was also not one of their AAA, you know, this is supposed to be a killer app releases. That's fair. Yeah, a lot of those tend to be the, like, big fancy 3D games these days. It wasn't even released at full price. It started at, like, 30 bucks. Oh, really? That makes sense. They're a lot easier to produce these days. Devil May Cry 5, definitely give it a give it a play. It did throw me off a little bit oh. that the voice actor for Nero is the same guy that voiced Ichigo and Lush. Uh, and you didn't even mention Monster Hunter World. And games Capcom's done recently that are good. But anyway. Well, I, I didn't that one come out before Resident Evil 7? After 7. Are you sure? I'm positive. I, I will believe you because you probably know more about that than I do. Anyway, yeah. Johnny Angbosh, God of Martial Arts, still looks as sexy as he ever did. <laughs> so he voices Nero, which he started talking like, huh, he sounds familiar. That's Ichigo slash Lelouch. Really quick, I just looked up the chronology of Devil May Cry, and man, they did this in an order. It's, it's three, three, one, one two, two, five, four, no, five. Four, yeah. With the animated series between one and two. Yes. That makes sense. And DMC off in its own corner because it was a reboot no one liked. Yep. Maybe that was the other Dante I was thinking of. Probably. I had this, like, side theory for a little while, just on the off chance that maybe V was supposed to be that DMC Dante. No. 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 Okay. No. Doesn't pan out. I'm I'm not going to spoil who it is. I'm surprised Game Theory hasn't done an episode on Devil May Cry, like, ever, maybe? Maybe that's just not a Devil May Cry enthusiast. It's also possible that there's not really, like, what kind of theory do do you do on Devil May Cry? What are Red Orbs? Because, like, you look at all the ridiculousness of that game, like, what do you theorize about? Yeah, we're it's also, it's pretty straightforward, too. Like, Kingdom yeah. Hearts, a lot of ridiculous stuff, not straightforward at all. There are lots of theories you can throw at that series, for example. Devil May Cry is not really about twisting narratives and secret cults. It's about it, hitting things with your cool demon sword. 
I was going to say a quick tangent on that. I subscribe to the Kirby subreddit because obviously I do. And they hate MadPat because every single time he does a theory about Kirby, it's Kirby is a horrible monstrosity trying to kill everyone. That's canon. It's canon. Yes. Yeah, to be fair, he's right. <laughs> as, as a the pers- first game is about Kirby ruining everything. And King Dedede's just trying to keep order in Dreamland like a responsible good king. Yeah, his uh, his last theory on Kirby basically was saying Meta Knight and King DDD are both heroic characters, and Kirby is that, not. That's they not literally a theory. Are. It's canon. It's yeah. No, Meta Knight is literally a knight protector of the realm. He has a crew who is loyal to him and honorable. And Kirby just is like, ah, you mess up my food. I'm gonna screw your day over, pal. And then he does. On the other hand, Kirby is also the kind of like their trump card. Actually, like if this was a shonen anime, like King DDD. Like, ob- Kirby's still the main character. He's just like the Kirby- asshole main character. See, Kirby no, is the guy that no. creates all of the problems, but he's also the guy that has to deal with the problems. So, but all the other characters have to make him fight the problem. He doesn't even create most of the problems. No, no really, DDD is the main character. He's just going about his day, and he's like, you know, he's on top of his game, but he still has struggles. Meta Knight is his like not best friend, but like his rival his Lancer. His Lancer, yeah, he's his Lancer. That's where I was going to go eventually with that description. Kirby is this weird guy they know who's their wild card that they pull in when they really need it. Kirby's the Vegeta? Kirby's the Vegeta. But no, Vegeta's the Lancer, though, so I'm like, not he's sure. He's their Hulk. Yeah, he's their Hulk. Kirby is the Hulk. When they really need something because they're fighting an Eldritch Abomination and neither <laughs> of them are set up for it, they call him Kirby. Kirby gets mad. And they take away his food, and then he beats up whatever's closest to him. Kirby is Hulk. <laughs> Theory confirmed. I just had an image of the last um, of a couple of instances from the Avengers. You know, I have an army. We have a Kirby. You haven't and then seen that, that Infinity moment... War yet, have you? No. And then... Okay, spoilers for the very beginning of Infinity War. That 100% starts with uh, Loki and Thanos talking. And Loki's, like, pretending he's going to join Thanos, trying to, like, weasel his way in it. It doesn't work. He's like, did you really think that was going to work? He's like, well, we do have a Hulk. <laughs> he gets to do the line. <laughs> I was thinking that. And also when Hulk just smashes Loki into the ground, I pictured Kirby doing that. <laughs> so uh, that, that I, That's a good image. Look, I love Kirby's up throw in Smash Bros. It's basically that. I haven't uh, I haven't played any more of, like, Smash Bros. or anything like that. A lot of, the other thing I was doing a lot of is, you know, played a lot of MechWarrior Online and then a lot of Dev- Dead or Alive 6. That $92 season pass, like, yeah, I mean, that's expensive, but at least they tell you everything you're going to get out of it. And I didn't buy it because, of course not. That's way too much money for me. It's fine. One of the things that annoys me is that they've got a challenge mode that lets you, like, earn points to uh, unlock costumes and stuff because better alive, no duh. But they do it randomly and any, like, overflow for the points you needed for the costumes are lost. Huh. And then on top of that, it puts points for Neo Tango character that you have to pay for and you don't have unlocked from the baseline it's very strange and kind of silly but the game plays just fine so like it's actually pretty good i mean it's dead or alive dead or alive has been consistently pretty good yeah i mean it's a good fighting game franchise it's one of my favorite ones it's got a lot of variation and the characters they feel different they've got enough moves to be interesting it's considerably more interesting than some other franchises that i've played i like a variety of them i like more than i thought i did but you know, I, I'd rather play it sometime, most of the time, than the Metal Com- or Mortal Kombat. I was going to say, like, favorite 3D fighting game, because it, for me, it's definitely between Dead or Alive or Soul Calibur. And I, I think can- it's Dead or Alive for me. I do like Soul Calibur, but I think I prefer Dead or Alive. 
Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi. <laughs> Soul Calibur with a bullet. But Tenkaichi, I've probably played more of. I was going to say, like, I've also played a fair amount of Tekken, and, like, that's fun. But I, like, I'm not a Tekken enthusiast. I'm not a Tekken enthusiast. The 3D Mortal Kombats are somehow even worse than the 2D Mortal Kombats. Deadly Alliance is actually pretty good. Yeah, they came oh, full Power circle. Stone. Power Stone's pretty fun. Actually, I think Deception's also pretty good. That's another one that's 3D, although I think, if I remember right, that one had problems. Was Deception the open world, open world in I think that one was the one with Shujinko, where you have to, like, travel like that. The drunken monk guy? Yeah, or that might have been Armageddon. And I know which one you're talking about, because I played most of that Shujinko one. Shujinko is not drunken monk, that's somebody else. There aren't a lot of 3D fighting game franchises, are there? They don't tend to stick around very long, because most people drift back to the 2D fighters. Yeah, I feel like the 2Ds, there's just more precision. Like, it's a lot harder, I think, to make a 3D fighting game, and the core audience is going to be a little skeptical of them. Like, I do think Soul Calibur is pretty good. I think it's genuinely just, it's just easier to deal with, you know, high slash low kicks or something like that, rather than having them also exist in a 3D space, because it's a lot more difficult to do hit scanning on that, I think. Well, also, it's a lot harder to do combos in 3D, like design That's them, because the what way is your, gonna, your hit going to send the opponent? And in 2D, you don't even have to think about that a whole lot, because you just allow the mechanic and people, people will cheese that in whatever way possible, really. Dead or Alive 6, pretty good game, like... I wouldn't light any fires on it, but it's a pretty good game. Like, Dead or Alive. It's more Dead or Alive. I'm definitely on board with more Dead or Alive, so. So, are you maining anyone, and if so, who? I don't really main people in Dead or Alive, although my favorite character did get cut. So, uh, Dead or Alive 5, my... Seems like every time I get a new Dead or Alive game, my favorite character out of the previous game gets cut. Because Dead or Alive 4, it was the Spartan, because... Yeah, obviously, because how could you not? And then in Dead or Alive 5, I really liked playing as, uh... Her name just slipped my mind. I had it. And I what style? She was one of the ninjas that came out of Ninja Gaiden. Oh yeah, no. Uh, it starts with a K. Kiyomi? No. Momiji. Her that's her name. I don't even know who this is. I guess she was only that's one her. game. I don't recognize this character at all. So. She's only in Dead or Alive Five and the um. I think she's actually in the Dead or Alive Extreme Three, but uh, she's in Dead or Alive Five, and I think the Ninja Gaiden series. Like I said, I think they cut most of the other Ninja Gaiden characters out. But they did leave Myla in, which is the uh, UFC mixed martial arts character. So I have no idea who that is, but I'm into added that. in Dead or Alive Five, and she's stuck around until six. She's in six too, yeah. So usually when I play, I'm either playing Ayane or you know variety of characters that I'm playing just because of the fact that that's what the game is telling me to do. Is Ayane the one who has a bunch of like weird jumps that can position her all across the screen? She spins a lot. Maybe, I don't know. That might be the one I'm thinking of. I remember playing her and thinking she had a lot of movement options, but I wasn't good enough to take advantage of them. She does a lot of, like, she's got a lot of, like, kind of deceptive qualities to her because she's, like, a lot of her moves go into a spin, and it's hard to tell which one she's going, is she going to come out low, high, middle, you know, where is she, what's she going to do? Yeah, there are a couple of Street Fighter characters who do that, and I'm always like, oh man, the mind games, and then it just never works. <laughs> I like so. playing her. I'm terrible with her. So take that for what you will. They added in two more, like another doctor looking girl and then a, a street thug who's kind of neat. So both of those games, really good. I, March has been a particularly expensive, but also really kind of cool month for me. So there were a lot. Didn't Kingdom Hearts 3 also January in January? Okay. Late January. yeah. That was a while ago. I, feel I was like... just still being advertised on TV. I mean, March was a big one for me, but then again, I also bought um, Resident Evil 2, which came out in January oh, in March. I forgot about Resident Evil 2. Yeah, no, I was looking through, like, a list of games that are coming out this year. And, like, this and is later a... on this month, just before the end of the month, is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Man, am I looking forward to that? I'm giving you wide eyeballs. What is that? Samurai Dark Souls. Oh, awesome. Ninja Dark great. Souls. Uh, Ninja Dark Souls, specifically. 
I know I was looking just like at this year's planned releases and like this is going to be a strong year. We've had two strong years in a row, I feel like, since people figured out this console generation. I'm going to say it has everything to do with the Xbox One being a total failure and Japanese developers rising up to take over since American ones have gotten really stale. Well, according to that map that I found on that PC Gamer thing, it's I got... I don't trust that map in the least. What is the data based on? The data was based off of a survey. I'm like, I've, Yeah, I, so that's self-reporting problems. I don't trust that thing. For I found it interesting. I don't know how much, like, how much I would use to, like, say, this is exactly what it is. There were it way could too also... many Xbox logos on there, unless people are like, I have a 360, and then I believe that map. I don't exactly know, but... Like, they've been doing really well, this console generation so far. This year, we'll have to see, but, I mean, the last thing in March coming up, for me at least, is uh, what is that Persona 5 R announcement going to entail? (laughs) And I like me some Persona 5. Like, my biggest problem is, like, I own a Switch, but all the games I would want to own on a Switch that aren't exclusive to it, I can also just get on Steam. Yeah, but I would prefer to play them on Switch, personally. I would that pre- might be the difference between you and me. I would prefer to play them on Switch, but I will always have my Steam library, and at some point, I know, I will stop using my Switch. I will never stop using my computer. I guess that's fair. So <laughs> Until your computer implodes itself Well, then again. I'll give a new one. Oh, did I tell you guys? Maybe, maybe I'll talk about that when it's my turn. It, it, it is that, now. Yeah, what, it's my turn. I fixed my computer freezing problem. It was my NVIDIA graphics card software that came with it. So NVIDIA has the shield, which I'm sure you guys are aware of. For anyone who's not, it's like... When NVIDIA graphics throws its mighty shield... Isn't that like the streaming thing that they have that lets you stream it to a different place? Specifically to an NVIDIA Shield. It is a device, but it's like a really cheap, lightweight device that allows you to, like, in your house network, stream it to another thing. It's like Steam in-home streaming, but specifically on a machine with an NVIDIA graphics card. Moral of the story is, by default, that streaming service is active. You don't have to, like, turn it on or anything. And I've got a weird enough hardware setup because I just built my own computer out of parts I found in a junkyard, I guess, like some sort of Magus or something. It didn't know how to respond to that. I just found out that Windows has, like, an error reporting utility. You think I would know this, given that I'm a software engineer and, like, this is, like, what I do at work? Yeah. Uh, but I, no one uses Windows for computing programming stuff, which is why all games are buggy, is because we all develop on Linux. So I, like, looked at this error report I just found out about and found that this program was crashing over ten times a minute. So I just disabled it, and my computer hasn't crashed since. I've never had any problems with that. You might actually be experiencing performance decreases because of it. So I would recommend disabling it if you don't have an NVIDIA Shield. I wonder how to do that. Well, I'll link it in the show notes, I guess, or something, or post it as a comment on the episode. I don't know. It'd be worth looking into. It's pretty easy, but also it's, like, not something you would ever think to find. It's, like, under, like, startup services, and then, like double processes or something like it's not just an option in the geforce experience no no actually i brought up the geforce experience and there's no option for it anywhere in that the geforce experience definitely sounds like a ride at six flags <laughs> you know it is actually it was the original name of the double boomerang which is now the karate kangaroo kid what else have you been playing anyway Tyler? yeah no that was not any game at all i've been playing yet what have i been playing oh hey this happened i beat my first challenge run ever of the lawn dark hey yay yeah um it was the one in which you have to collect 30 days worth of food no 15 days worth of food within 30 days i got about 15 days of excess supplies in about 15 days so That was a lot of fun, actually. It's probably my favorite challenge mode in that game thus far, simply because it forces you to be out and about constantly, and you have to constantly be thinking about, like, what types of food should I eat and what shouldn't it? Like, you always want to, like, go find meat, but there's also an increased presence of predators on the map, 
So you don't want to have meat on you, but also you want to preserve your canned foods because it won't go bad while they're in storage while you're finding other food. Oh, no. It's a fun thing if you're into survival Sounds way games. too much like retail, which is my job. He's <laughs> <laughs> got you there. Nope, that's fair. I also worked in retail for a while, and like this is way more satisfying because it gives me numbers that go up. Look, that video try... games are just more satisfying jobs. Exactly, yeah. What else has been going on? Honestly, not a whole lot. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play video games recently, which is sad. Oh, uh, we played Ultimate Chicken Horse a couple times. Oh, now, yeah. yeah. I was going to bring it up yeah. last if no one else did. I played it on the Switch, and the crossplay works really well, except for I find myself jealous of not having achievements. <laughs> and like I wouldn't care at all except for you guys were like oh I got an achievement I'm like that that sounds like it would be cool I wonder what that was for it's a lot of fun I mean I think the first we time also when, wonder what that was for. when we had yeah. all f- all four of us playing me Jeremy Tyler and Kevin I don't think you won a single game Tyler so full disclosure I was very high that night we were all playing together so that makes sense yeah that would explain whereas something. I was on the old mansion level, I was threading all sorts of ne- uh, needles like I could see the code. And on all other levels, I was doing awful. Yeah, it was really very well the old mansion. It was very, very funny to watch Jeremy try and play Skyscraper because he got stuck <laughs> on the same wall. I like that like Kevin just put times. a string there for you. It was great. So for people who don't know, Ultimate Chicken Horse is a competitive platforming game where at the beginning of every level, you get an element to place on the map. And you, everybody gets a box and they have to pick one of a selection of items to add to the map. Yeah, there's usually number of players plus one items, I think. And then you put it on the map and they can do things that mostly range from killing you outright to making it harder to not just die outright. Some of them are just platforms. That you Some can of them are just on. platforms. Some of them are coins that get you uh, bonus points if you succeed with them. Some of them are glue to stick things to other things. But the idea is to make the level so hard that only you can beat it. Um, Which is difficult for me, because I suck at platformers. Yeah, although Zach actually, I think, won the majority of the matches the night we managed to play together. He was definitely doing the best that night. I don't think I won the majority of them. I think Kevin won more than I did, and then when Jeremy started to pick up, you you started to win a lot more than I did. I only won on the old mansion, though. I know we Uh, played two or three times. You won a couple of times on the waterfall. I won the first time we went to the water. I did win on the waterfall, you're right. I won the first time we went to the waterfall. See, I don't remember winning, I just remember that terrible time victory was snatched from me from an errant hockey park. Shot at a perfect <laughs> angle at a perfect time. Oh, God, the hockey puck snipe. A- and the time I put two fans together to trap people. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. I think you and I and Ed played a couple times, and then uh, you dropped off, and then Kevin took your spot at some no. point. Ed definitely played with us at no, some it, point. No, it was Ed dropped off, and Kevin took his slot. Okay. That's right, because Ed weirdly had to go to bed early, which never happens. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's a fun game, especially if you have friends. And because of that crossplay, I don't know how it, well it would work between the three. I don't know if you can have a PS4, a Switch, and a uh, Steam going at it at so the same the, time, but I would wager it's not a big deal because of how the thing is, like how the invite works. The answer is yes, but only if a computer is hosting the game. So it has to be not one of the consoles hosting the game. I looked into this, so it always baffles me that people don't do cross-platform play because as a programmer, like it should be really easy. I think it's actually more like a legal thing that yes. becomes a problem. I know Minecraft has crossplay between the Switch and the uh, Xbox One. Oh, I didn't know that. That's actually really cool. And that actually seems like a harder scenario. Like, having a generic computer platform as the intermediary seems way more doable. But it works really well. Also, it's a really fun game, and it's hilarious. Also, it was like $5 at the time I purchased it. It so. was also on sale. Yeah. I think it's like $10 or maybe 15 as a I was going to say price. 12 So split the difference. Um, it's 12 50 That's the official price. Unfortunately, you can't play it alone, 
But if you have friends and everybody's willing to buy a copy, so it's a lot of good fun. Like, it's just a good time. I'm not sure how, like, often I'll, I would want to play it. But, like, at least once every three or four months, I will probably get an itch to play this game. Like, so. when, when you, me, and Kevin were kind of getting on to the end, I was kind of more along the lines of, eh, I'd rather boot up Helldivers at this point, but... Well, that's only because you and I played Helldivers that one night and reinvigorated our desire I, to play Helldivers. I actually do kind of like Helldivers, though. Yeah, I so really like Helldivers. It's a great game. I would like to play it some more often, but I don't want to play it alone, and you're never online I, because you're busy all the time. Yeah, I've been online more often. I, I've actually had a lot more free time recently, and now all of a sudden that I have free time, I have to travel out to Pittsburgh two weeks in a row. But after that... Oh, God, that sounds like hell. Yeah, I don't know what happened in my life. I think it's actually I've been with my current girlfriend long enough that we're just like, eh. as as you do in long term relationships. What have you been up to? That's not Ultimate Chicken Horse, Jeremy. Uh, I tried the one hundred percent Kingdom Hearts two point five. Why? Which one's two point five? It's two, but it's got a whole bunch of extra. Okay, the is it the remastered version basically? Yeah. I would say isn't three technically two point nine? No, or something? no. Kingdom, let's play the game. Guess which of these are real Kingdom Hearts games? Spoiler: They're all real Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> so it's Kingdom Hearts. Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 2, 358 over two days. I thought it was over, I thought it was six over two. It's uh, some number over two, it's most of a year It's a two. really stupid title. Yeah. Birth by Sleep. What? I've never even heard it of this It was on the one. PSP, and it's apparently really, you've seen the secret ending for Kingdom Hearts 2 with the keyboard. Great. That's actually Birth by Sleep. That's what it's teasing. It's a oh. prequel where you're in Keyblade Hogwarts, oh. fighting basically the Cimmerillion War with Keyblades. Oh, that's a sequel I always wanted, because it has like all the Keyblades and yeah. like a few, yeah, that's what I wanted that game to be. Yeah, that's what everybody did, and a bunch of Kingdom Hearts fans were like, when Kingdom Hearts 3 were like, bro, that game's been out for 10 years. It was just <laughs> on the PSP, so no one played it, but it's on PS4 now, so you can go get it. Recoded. Okay, I knew that one. Dream Drop Distance. It's Also, it's re-colon-coded, Yeah, right? because it's a remake of Coded, which was a Japanese-only phone game. Gotcha. Dream Drop Distance. 2.8 Fragmentary Passage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. This has wow. got... This, this franchise has the world's stupidest names. You know what's great is that they're so anime, though. <laughs> they're like 1,000% anime names. They're still really stupid. No, I agree. Are you arguing that anime names are not stupid? Some of them are. And then okay. the 10th game in the series, Kingdom Hearts 3. The one that they knew people were going to play. Oh, I I'm sorry. I, I skipped the one that's very confusing. That's Kingdom Hearts X. Okay. Or maybe Key or maybe Kai. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, I've heard it pronounced... Uh, the other ways. But that's a phone game, so. Would you say that if it's pronounced Kingdom Hearts Kai, that there are Kai Blades? Yes, I would. I don't know. Key slash X slash Kai is the one I know the least about, which Can is why I forgot it. Canonically, yes. There are things that are X Blades. Yeah, I'm vaguely aware of that. I'm kind of trying to avoid spoilers that on the was Super a Bowl really as I slowly make my way through it. That was a really, really bad Xbox 360 game. Kai Battles. X Blades. I don't remember this game existing. It sounds real. Yeah, it sounds real. <laughs> it's yeah, real. It sounds more real than some of those Kingdom Hearts <laughs> game titles. It's a real game. It's just, as far as I understand it, also really bad. So so you've gotten all the way through two. Yes. And including Chain of Memories, right? Yeah. So, so what's the problem if we spoil three? Because it sounds like it'll be about a decade before you ever get there. Look, I'm looking, looking through them pretty fast. I played one when we did the podcast for it. What was that, three weeks ago? Eventually, we'll probably do two for the podcast, although that's going to be a bit... Probably a ways off, but I imagine we will at some point. So what's your next conquest? Uh, I said this last time as well, but it's 358. 
Yeah. I knew you said it last time, but last time on last time. I got most of the way through 100% again, and then I realized I had to do the gummy ship stuff, and I was like, Uh, well, these optional bosses were all actually a lot of fun, but I do not think I will be engaging in you, Mr. Gummy Ship Combat. Even though you are significantly better than you were in Kingdom Hearts 1, I can still just go play Star Fox. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I will. So I played Star Fox 64. Good choice. Yeah. I feel like, so there's this weird world where Final Fantasy coexists with Disney. Can we also just throw some Nintendo in there also? That would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I understand the urge for that, but also the more Kingdom Hearts I play, the more I feel like the people who want the Marvel and Star Wars stuff in Kingdom Hearts are wrong. Yeah, that's fair. Although... Well, they put the world ends with you in Kingdom Hearts 3, so... Which is another Square RPG franchise. Yeah, I forgot that existed. Um, and I actually thought that was a Kingdom Hearts game at some point. So, you know, I was thinking about it more and more, and actually I'm okay with Marvel existing in Kingdom Hearts. Um, but only specific Marvel ca- characters. Like, I don't want to ever go to, like, an Avengers world, but if Wolverine is, like, hanging out in Traverse Town and we need to kill a Heartless exactly, together, I yeah. think I'm okay with that. If I just happen to meet Cyclops and he's, like, a merchant at a bookstore or something, that's, like, that's totally his character. I get that. And I assume there's a big battle with a bunch of characters at some point in kingdom hearts 3 and if iron man just wants to strafe some heartless and drop some bombs on them i'm also <laughs> okay with that but i don't want them to ever be like i don't want them to walk in the room and say did someone mention the door to darkness because mickey mouse in kingdom hearts 2 is so good unless it's just straight up bruce banner not the hulk but just <laughs> bruce banner <laughs> yeah now now i'm imagining tony stark and bruce banner like trying to science some kingdom Hearts stuff and I do want that. Them just having, like, math equations with a heart. I mean, that's already a thing in Kingdom Hearts, so we're already close. So, yeah, that's all I've been playing. I am looking forward to Super Robot Wars T, but it's not out yet, so. When's that drop? Uh, yesterday. yesterday. technically, but it has not gotten oh. to me yet. Yeah, since we uh, live in the States and it has to or- originate in Singapore. Yep. Is it yep. Singapore or Hong Kong plays? Plays in, in, in Hong Kong, but the game is sold in Singapore. They import it from Singapore to Hong Kong and then ship it to us. <laughs> okay, I could never Hence remember the where. markup, I assume? It is a little bit more expensive to, to buy it, but that's because, again, you got to import. So. I think that's actually not the import cost. I think that's actually the games are more expensive in Singapore when you then convert the currency. It is cheaper than it was originally going to be. Well, on the Switch. Or at least the is. Switch version was. Yeah, people were speculating that the inflated price on the Switch was because Nintendo does not have an eShop in Southeast Asia. So they would not have been able to sell DLC. So people were speculating that at one point the plan might have been to ship the game on the Switch with all the DLC on it. Let's go back a sec. The Switch doesn't have an eShop? In, in, in Southeast Asia. What? Nintendo doesn't have an eShop there. I don't know. That's I, This is news to me. What? Including Japan? Japan, Japan is, is different. Okay. Now, I know Japan is usually its own region. Yeah, you I have had J- to make sure. You have the Japan region, and then you have Southeast Asia, which is the version of Super Robot Wars... That we're buying because it's in English. Yep, yep. Because the text is in English, all the all the spoken dialogue is still in Japanese. I'm just very confused by why. What laws happened that made this a thing? It might just be economically it doesn't make sense for them to... It well, doesn't, the PlayStation 4 does. It doesn't That's add true. that much support for it, I feel, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not an economist. Maybe they're working on it. They just haven't gotten it rolled out yet. Or maybe it just people don't buy it. Maybe it's illegal. I don't know. I'm very given confused. that Sony has one. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't wager that. It's oh illegal. yeah, I guess Sony has one. So never mind. It um, also could be that they never went into that console market, but the Switch is kind of a handheld market thing. Whatever it is, it was more expensive by like ten to fifteen dollars for a while, and then the price came down on it. But since I wanted on my PlayStation Four anyway, it didn't bother me. I'm looking forward to that. 
finally got confirmation that Priscilla's going to be in it. Unfortunately, no rain, so. Priscilla? She's one of the characters that are going to exorge. She's like the last main mecha pilot that joins the main character's group. What's Gunnax Sword? It's an anime series, a mecha anime series. I'm not sure how much to go, how far, okay. like, how easy it is to go into it. The main <laughs> We're going to play this game. I'm going to bring up its Wikipedia page and read the first paragraph. The main character's mech is called Dan of Thursday. Like Dan as in like a mantra or Dan as in some guy named Dan? D-A-N-N. That doesn't answer the question. And that's, how it's spelled. No, that's fine. I'm okay that it doesn't answer the question. That was more like a philosophical question I'm posing to the universe is... Is that a guy, or is it, like, something a bit more profound than some guy's name? I'm okay with it either way. They they never really go into it. The story is set on the planet of Endless Illusion, a place where rogues of all sorts gather. The protagonist, Van, travels the world searching for a man with a clawed right hand who killed his bride. He is joined (laughs) by several other travelers along the way, each linked to the clawed man by personal loss. It's Vaughn. (laughs) The first episode is called Tuxedo Blowing in the Wind, so. Oh, that's pretty good. Vaughn Um, always is wearing a tuxedo. My god, that's the most anime thing to ever exist. The planet of endless illusion, populated by rogues. Also, there's this guy whose bride was killed by a claw-handed man. By hugging her. Actually, by hugging her. Yes. Claw-handed man is a very affectionate individual and tends to murder people by doing that by accident. Does he become their friend? No. Oh, that's sad. Not really. So we played (laughs) Shadow of the Ninja this week. Speaking of anime Oh my god, what's that thunk? I think you just ripped out the differential, Jeremy. <laughs> that transition was so bad. No, that was actually very much in line with what we were talking about with this game. So, so Star of the Ninja, like Ninja Gaiden before it, is a game where you play a ninja, and boy, it just wants to be Castlevania so bad. Remember... When it doesn't want to be Ninja Gaiden. Remember in the late 80s and early 90s when ninjas were, like, the thing? When Chuck Norris was always fighting them? Yeah, I feel like this is, like, the result of that <laughs> when era. When ninja stuff was banned in the uk because they didn't want kids imitating it yeah so they had to have teenage mutant hero turtles i didn't know did that. you not know about I teenage mutant know hero this. turtles <laughs> i think about teenage mutant hero turtles probably once a day okay i'm trying to keep track of how many things you think of at least once a day because it's a lot i don't think you have tw- I, I think if you think of all the same things at least once a day you're over 24 hours Zach, my mind works very quickly. It's like time slows down as I consider Teenage Mutant Ninja Hero Turtles again. Ninja Hero Turtles. Ninja Hero Turtles. <laughs> There's the fusion dance. So you play as a ninja. You get to choose between Guy Ninja and Akunoichi. Which is a girl ninja. No, it's it's Guy Ninja and Kunoichi. Is that actually what it says? No. I think it, it is. It should. I, I think in the instruction book would. I think it's name, the guy's name is Guy, but I could be making that up. No, that's Street Fighter. No, that's Final Fight. And therefore, Street and Fighter. Therefore Street Fighter. That's like a weird connected universe, right? <laughs> anyway, we don't have time. We've, this episode's going long already. Although I don't know how much we have to say about Shadow of the Ninja. It's a platformer, like we alluded to. The jumping actually feels pretty good. You start with a sword. You can get these little sword power-ups that gives you a little bit of a laser sword. You can also find this kunai with chain, basically, that lets you throw a grappling hook. One of my favorite superfluous ninja weapons. It gives you range. It acts almost exactly like the Castlevania whip. You can whip in three directions. You can do up at an angle or up, but you can't like jump and do down. So its weakness is that you can't really attack enemies that are low to the ground with it, which sucks because there's a lot of little, those little floating drone enemies, you know, from 2D video games that hover around the ground and you can't hit them with this kunai with chain, which is otherwise the superior weapon in nearly every way. I mean, they had to give you a reason to use your sword for a change. Yeah, also, but you can't change weapons unless you find a power-up, so you're stuck with the kunai until you find a sword. It's like Castlevania, except you don't always have the whip sword. 
Um, it's not which great. Is weird. Yeah, it's not great. The shuriken, which is exactly what it sounds. It's you get 20 of them. They're very powerful and ranged. Yep. Um, they got everything going for them, really. Kind of by default makes them very powerful. Yeah, except for the fact that you run out of them. And do you default back to the sword always? No, it's whatever you had before. Okay, that's what I thought, but I only ever had the sword before running out of them. And also, if you pick up a power-up while you have shuriken, you change to that after the shuriken are out. So it at least remembers that. Is there another weapon? Uh, Not that I found. I think you got further in this game than I did. Yeah, and those are the only ones I know of. So that might be it. I feel like there has to be another one. I don't know. So the jumping feels pretty good in this game. It's got a nice, like I said, just feel to it. The jumps aren't very pixel perfect or anything like that. The problem is the enemy design and level design just makes all the challenges feel very samey and boring. The enemies don't really move or have attack patterns, or if they do, they just run right into you. So there's no reason to really move while you attack them. You usually just stand there and hit attack until they die. And they all have pretty high HP bars, so you have to do that a bunch, and it really just kind of stops the flow. And while it does give you some stuff to do, you can hang from ledges, for example, when you jump. None of the platforming challenges are really designed to be challenging, because you don't really have momentum in this game. It's kind of a weird situation where the platforming challenges aren't really the challenge. The combat's supposed to be the challenge, but the combat's kind of boring. And also the platforming doesn't really complement the combat, which is really its biggest weakness, I think. Yeah. I know, like, I was pleasantly surprised with this game. Like, it has really cool music as you're, like, shredding through levels, and you got this cool whip thing. I forget what the heck it's called, like a Katsunagi or something. Kunai with chain? Kunai with chain, yeah. Um, the Kunai graphic- with chain! <laughs> the graphics are surprisingly good for a, like, late 80s NES game. The platforming feels good, except they never give you good platforming challenges, and, like, the level design is just... As weird as it sounds, the eh. first thing I thought of when I booted this game up was I'd rather be playing Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, it's like Ninja Gaiden and better and worse in some ways, but I think overall worse. Yeah, it's more polished, like the jumps feel nicer. It doesn't have that thing Ninja Gaiden likes to do where enemies respawn on your vision and come after you or any of the annoying things that Ninja Gaiden does. But I've talked about how my personal theory is that boring games are far worse than hard games or in some ways actively bad games and this game is boring in a lot of ways because the thing that's fun about platformers is momentum it's about trying to move through it as quickly as you can and this game doesn't have momentum it's a stop and start thing and the combat isn't interesting or engaging so well like you were saying before we got on the mics um with like sonic and mario when you defeat the enemy you keep moving forward or the goal is to defeat the enemy and continue moving while you do that which is why that block level sonic is the worst but here you're like you fight the enemy and then you get to move and then you have to stop and fight the next guy and you don't just like bounce off of him, keep momentum, keep moving and, you know, keep the flow and the fun up. It's stop, start, stop, start. It's like on a conveyor belt. Well, like, did we talk about the rifle enemies ever that will shoot a projectile and then you have about a half second to jump up between the projectile, hit them before they start blocking with the rifle? Yeah, and it gives them a pattern you can predict because they'll shoot and then block. But while they're blocking, you can't do anything but wait for them to shoot again. And they take multiple hits, especially if you don't have an up or an upgraded weapon. So it like it slows down the gameplay and you just sit there and wait. And you can't really jump over them most of the time because they're situated so that you can't clear them. Yeah, they're usually above you, so you have to, like, jump up and hit them. Yeah, and if enemies died in one hit, this wouldn't be as much of a problem, because if you timed it right, you could just keep going. But because they don't, you just have to stop, do a combat, and then keep going. A lot of the bosses are poorly designed, too, in that regard. The first one is just kind of a guy, and so you just have to kind of walk away from him while hitting him. There's no real 
challenge to it. The easiest way to do it is just face tank him. I, similarly, the second one is the gargoyle eyeball. That's the thing, best right? one that I faced because he's got a pattern. He closes his eye and then he's invincible, but then he'll open it. And he shoots his bullets in an arc, but it's always the same. So once you know the pattern, you can just move to avoid the arc and you can know when he's vulnerable. The yeah. third one is this weird eyeball thing that will frequently just go where you can't hit it and shoot fireballs at you, and you can't really coax it out until you get hit. And it's kind of a random movement pattern, as far as I can tell. So he'll it's... always start the same way, so if you're fast enough, you can hit him real quick, and then he'll go to the other side. But if you miss him once, then it becomes completely random, and you're just kind of sitting there waiting on him, and it's awful. Yeah, the best way to do it, like Jeremy said, that, that second tier boss where they always have the same pattern, they always do the same thing. Because then you can win by virtue of being good at it instead of just waiting for it. And health tanking, like, I'm going to out-tank you is not fun. That's just annoying to sit there and hope your health bar, hope their health bar runs out before yours does. Well, that's a pretty common critique of ours in, like, action-y platformers where the bosses are best defeated by just start with a higher health bar and just wail on them. It's boring, really. But also tense at the same time. It's boringly tense. Well, it's because you're not doing anything particularly fun while you're tanking through them. It's just like, ah, I guess I'm here now. Do we have any final thoughts? If you want to play a game like this, play Ninja Gate and it's better. Uh, what I will say is eventually there's a cool tank boss and that's kind of fun, but it's like the only interesting thing in the game, really. I think I agree with Zach. It's like, Ninja Gaiden is both better and worse in some ways, but I think overall it ends up being a better game. This game's pretty forgettable, but if you're interested in video games... Oh, co-op? Yeah. Yeah, I for, I, we completely forgot to mention the co-op. Yeah. Um, this game's got simultaneous co-op, which is maybe its biggest redeeming quality, but none of us played it together, so... And even then, the design of the enemies is so bad, I don't know that would be much better. Yeah, but we gave Life Force, I think, a lot of points for that, when I don't think... I it's think Life Force is better than you remember. It's certainly not good, but it mostly suffers from not being Gradius. Didn't That's we fair. play Life Force together? We did. We did, and I don't think it was very good, but... As Jeremy says, it maybe suffers because it's just not Gradius, so... So what I was going to say is that it's a pretty mediocre game, but I think it's actually worth playing if you're interested in designing or studying video games, because while a lot of the stuff is right, I always thought kind of the jumps were the most important part of platforming, but it gets those right and gets a lot of other things wrong. So I think it's a very good game to study if you want to avoid some common mistakes and make sure your game is fun, because the biggest problem with this game is it's not fun. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, and it's good to have your mechanics sound, but also it turns out level design is important. Who knew? Yeah, level design is very important. So speaking of important, we have a very important list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. It's the one where we rate Gundams. Yes, but we also have one <laughs> where we rank all the games we've played from best to worst. The most fun game, according to our list, is Chrono Trigger. The least fun, I think we agree, is City Connection. Yeah. And yeah. sitting right dab in the middle of fun is Harvest Moon for the Super Nintendo. That seems... More fun than I would have expected for the middle of the list. Although, Harvest Moon I, comes with some problems. Yeah, but I think 64 is up higher. It, yeah, much higher. 100% should be. Is that it's top like 30-ish? Is that top third? Oh, yeah, it's like more? number 30 or something. Harvest Moon 64 is pretty damn good. It's a good game. So we kept comparing it to Ninja Gaiden, which is at number 120, a bit above the top of the list. But we all agree it's worse than that, right? Yeah. yeah. No, Ninja Gaiden's got, like, the Castlevania thing going on where you always have a sword and then you can switch through weapons, and it does do the kind of gotcha thing a little too much, but it's a better game overall. So not too far below, we have Ninja Gaiden 2, and before we started recording, I was saying, I think this game's better than a Ninja Gaiden 2, but worse than Ninja Gaiden, but after talking it out, I think I disagree. I think Ninja Gaiden 2 is still more fun, if just because it flows better. I was actually going to voice that same opinion if you hadn't already, so... 
I mean, I'm not going to defend this game, really. I, Ninja Gaiden 2 is a little bit of a pain in the ass and very, very hard. But, I mean, gritting your teeth and getting through it's part of the fun of playing hard games. So, I don't know. Ninja Gaiden 2 had a lot of, like, just stupid nonsense. That Ninja no, Gaiden I'm not going to disagree with you there. Um, but this game was just not as engaging. So the next platformer we have that all of us have actually played is Bonk's Revenge, the second Bonk game. Um, and I actually think that's a little better too. It's got a better color palette. It's got some better ideas in it. Yeah, I was actually going to go that same way. No, I, I think I agree. Eventually, we'll find one we're not unanimous on. Bonk's got some of that delicious volcanic flavor. Right below Bonk, we have Donkey Kong Land, the Game Boy Donkey Kong Country game where everything fades together because it's black and white, which I think is oddly comparable to this. It is both kind of hard to see what's going on exactly. Donkey Kong Land is hard to tell what's going on, but it's just Donkey Kong again. Well, I was also going to say Donkey Kong Country was not as good a game as people remember it being. I actually think I prefer Shadow of the Ninja. Um, It's trying a bit more. Also, Ninja's plus points for that. Also, it's just got more mechanics to play with, which is not always a good thing, but they're implemented well even if the level doesn't play with it. I think I gotta agree with Tyler. The the problem with Donkey Kong Land that I primarily have a problem with is the uh, fact that it's real hard to see what's going on. Yeah, I was actually going to agree as well. So Shadow of the Ninja will go at number 175, above Donkey Kong Land, and below Bonk's Revenge. Sounds about right. And for the curious, Harvest Moon 64 is number 24 on the list. Yeah. Damn. Out of like, what, 240 some odd now? 265. Yeah, so it's top 10%. It kind of belongs there. Yep, nope, I agree. Uh, Also, well, okay, to be fair, where is, I can't remember the name of this game, and it's really bugging me, the educational game. Zubinis? Yes, thank you. Number twenty nine. Yeah, five so, slots below Harvest so Moon. So wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow, not, we, not uh, quite top ten percent, but you know, someone is going to see this list and be like, "These guys are freaking weird." Uh huh. Hey, you know, if a game... why is Mortal Kombat so low and Zumbinis <laughs> is so high? I, just... I would play Zumbinis for a year before I would play <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but I think the question is actually, what are we playing next week? And you're the person who picked and Zach, yes. so... So are you, would you play Sega Bass Fishing more? Then Zumbinis, probably not. But I would play it before Mortal Kombat. Spoilers for next week's list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes in the majority somewhere. <laughs> so uh, next time on Last Time... Fish! I'm now uh, imagining my PlayStation 4 as a Sundari called Princess PlayStation. Go on, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to follow that. Um, Okay, well. That was it. That was a game. That's it. Thanks for coming, guys. guys. Um, We reach our joke quota for the episode. (laughs)
This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.